Hi there, Oregon Music News Editor Tom D'Antoni here with another Coffee Shop Conversation from World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason in Portland, Oregon. We're real happy to be on the Stitcher app now as well as iTunes and of course the OMN site. Today, singer-songwriter Pilar French has brought a strange-looking instrument with her. It has the body of a banjo and the neck of a guitar. Some call it a guitanjo. Pilar has fallen in love with it and is going to play it for us. In the coming weeks, we'll be talking to three-leg torsos Courtney Vondrelli, jazz guitarist Dan Ballmer, Rebecca Sanborn from the Blue Cranes and Swansea, singer Andrew Woodworth, and radio's Inessa. There's a new episode every Thursday. Starting next week, you can find all the Portland Jazz Festival jazz conversations right here. Let's hear what a Catanjo sounds like. can scream, do everything in between, you can crawl to the bar, write a song on your guitar, you can cut off your hair, tell a friend of your despair, but you can't die from a broken heart, hold yourself up in your home. In the arms of one unknown Pretend it don't hurt Oh, you're better off in the dirt But the one thing you can't do And I know this much is true You can't die from a broken heart They say it's all just a matter of time Ooh Go find another lover and you'll be fine But for some of us it ain't that easy, no But for some of us the bus just rolls on by You can run, you can hide, block it out of your mind. You can buy a new car or a shiny new guitar. Pack it up and move somewhere, a new place with some fresh air. Take a trip around the world, play like you don't care. But the one thing you can't do. And I know this much is true You can cry, cry, cry until you're dry But you can't die from a broken heart No, you don't die from a broken heart No, you can't die from a broken heart Thank you.
Well, before we get to the song, you are holding a very strange-looking instrument in your hand. Now, what we just heard sounded like a banjo. That's right. When I'm looking at it, it's got a guitar neck. That's right. What is it? It's a banjo for guitarists who are cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect, most uh, quintessential, beautiful instrument that was ever built because it's a banjo, but it, you don't have to learn to play the banjo. You can still play the guitar. And, you know, a banjo is so cool because it's got a drum head for for the head of the, the instrument. So you feel like you're also playing the drums a little bit. It's an awesome, <laughs> awesome thing. I'm very happy. What's it called? It's called a gitanjo. A gitanjo. Or a banjitar. Some people call it a banjitar. <laughs> but it's a hybrid. Or a tangelo. You know, we humans, yeah, we humans, we like, we like our hybrids. We like to cross, yes. crossbreed things, foods and animals and, and even our instruments. So that's what this is. <laughs> it's got six strings. It's got six strings. And I tried it, and I, I and, and it was it's such you a strange feeling. Love. You fell it's in love. You fell in love, didn't you? It's such a strange feeling. I saw the play. glimmer in your eyes. <laughs> I saw the glow that just, you just, you know, the, your heart was warm. I, I went, that's a G chord. Yep. That's a guitar G chord I just played on a banjo. Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> it's really fun. And if you strum it, you can frail. You can, it, it can sound like frailing when you're strumming. Yeah. Yeah, it's really Man. fun. It's really fun. And I've been spending a lot of time with it. Uh, not as much as I like. You know, the one thing that's weird, though, is um, it doesn't really fit in your lap very well because of the... Oh, yeah. And, and so you kind of got to hold it in a funny way. And because it's... Well, I don't... I think a banjo neck is actually shorter. Uh-huh. So... It's really long, and I can and I, I can feel it. I mean, I'm not being a baby. I mean, it's it's not like a sitar or anything right. like that. But you know, it 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 definitely feels weird, a little weird that way. But it feels good. It's fun. Use it's really strap. easy to play. I need to get one. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, <laughs> have you used it on a gig? Having used it on a gig, oh, I want to. I'm going. Yeah. I very much intend to. Um, as I told you uh, I got this at Artichoke Music and we're gonna I'm gonna take it back and get it set up so that it has um, a pickup on it and oh. get the strap and all that kind of stuff so that it, it it's it's usable for an for electric gig. banjo guitar oh I know it's really wow. cool banjitar <laughs> banjitar banjitar <laughs> and you can play Jimi Hendrix some people Hendrix. call it a you can play Jimi Hendrix banjo I too. totally it's, it's really fun I mean it's really fun <laughs> Play all kinds of stuff. <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, that's great. That's great. Yeah. It's what was the tune you were singing? That is a song that I wrote. It's going to be on my next CD. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's called Can't Die from a Broken Heart. Uh, and, uh sure about that? <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't think you can. I think you can do all kinds of other things, but, you know, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, usually what I see is uh, is the stuff described in the song. I have friends that have shaved their heads. I've had friends that have taken off and, you know, gone to Australia or New Zealand. I've had friends that just pick up and move everything. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so I, I just, I thought that was kind of a funny, 
funny song I was thinking about. All my friends, I'm I'm single. I've had my heart broken a few times. Poor me. Poor you. Um, Poor me. But but yeah, you know, we all have. And I just was kind of thinking one night uh, about all the stuff that all my good I've seen I've done or I've seen my good friends do, you know, to get over a a heartbreak. Yeah. yeah. You know, but uh, so that's is, what that song's about. One way is to be really mean. To, yeah. the, per, to the person who caused it. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. You it could is. do that. I there is a song. Get a, you nowhere. There's a song on the new Betty Lavette album. Oh, Betty Lavette is so awesome. Called "Just Between You and Me and the Wall." You're a fool. <laughs> <laughs> that's some good writing. It's just. It's the ultimate. It's just, the ultimate. You know. Um, boom. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Betty Lavette's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm such a sucker for. You know, I did an interview with her on the radio one time. Oh, you did. She started out by calling me honey, and that was it. That was, oh yeah, your heart melted. Puddle on the floor, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so, uh, what form is the new album? Uh, is, is it? It's taken form. You recorded. But yeah. you're not. Are you ready? You're not ready. I'm. I'm holding on to it. I can't let that little bird fly yet. I don't know why. Um, st- still, uh, Rob Stroop from Eight Ball Studios helped co-produce it, and I'm supposed to meet with him in the next week or two. I just think we just need to remix a few things, uh-huh. and then it'll be it'll be ready to go. But you know, you want to you want to feel happy in your your gut about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's funny talking to different people that have done CDs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, Rob and his girlfriend Naomi, Naomi Hooley have been working on one for a long time, and they mm-hmm. actually scrapped everything that they did and wow. started over. Oh, and uh, they're really they really are excited about what they're what they're doing and and uh, that they started over. But they're also so ready to just be done. Because yeah. it's just the songs have been they've been hanging on to those songs for so long. Right, right, and you yeah. you want to write new songs and yeah, you know there's an ADD thing to this to songwriting. You write a song and you feel really excited about it, and then and then um, if you're like me, you want to have a full you want to have a full band you want to produce it and have a full band play it, and then you do that, and then you release it. But by the time that you're releasing that CD, you're already writing new songs and, yeah. and ready to, tr- or or on to new projects and ready yeah. to do new stuff. And it's just there's a there's a an, an axiom, an old TV uh, axiom, which says, at just at the point where you are completely sick of doing your show, and you think you can't do another one, that's when people are just catching on to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think that's true. I, yeah. I really think yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, you spend you spend so much time and so much time, and and you've been involved with it for such a long period of time, and you know even even after you put it out, you know it has to be discovered, and and you know and you keep singing the songs and gigs and events, you know, and then but people are just getting it. And you know what? That's the interesting thing that that I think makes a, di- a difference between a performer and a and a and a singer-songwriter or just an artist, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's probably semantics, but the people that have strong performance skills, Mm -hmm. they are able to choke down that 
feeling of being sick of the song. Yeah. And yeah. you would never know it, and they just do it so well. But yeah. they get, I mean, I'm so excited. I get to see Lucinda Williams tomorrow night. I'm Ooh. so excited. <laughs> but some of those songs, I'm sure she's just so sick of playing them, or any of these big guys. Maybe, maybe. I, I've, I've told the story before, but I, I never get tired of telling you. I interviewed Les McCann one time. Yeah. And I said, don't you ever get tired of playing compared to what? He said, why would I get tired of playing it? I play it twice a set if they wanted to hear it because everybody wants to hear it. Well, that's an, that's exciting when they want to yeah. hear your song and you yeah. play you yeah, play yeah, your yeah, song. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, for the lowly, uh, you know, <laughs> hardworking musician like me and I yeah. go and I play a gig and I play the same songs over and over, it's like, Oh, I'm gonna, I gotta get my, you know, I have to get my energy up because I gotta be excited about playing this. But you have your fans, and they oh, have their yeah, favorites. Oh yeah, well, sure, sure. That, yeah. and that's true. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know. But they um, may not yell it out, you know, in the club because they're polite. That's it. Could be <laughs> what it was. We're in Portland. Yeah, I saw a friend play the other night, uh, Paula Sinclair, and I, mm -hmm. I wanted her to play. Uh, she only had 30-minute slot. She had everything worked out. She yeah. was on fire. But yeah. I really wanted to play this one song. But uh. I was I was polite. I didn't say, hey, play this one. <laughs> well, she might like that. Yeah. And she yeah. told me afterwards, you, you should have asked me to play it. I would yeah. have played it. Yeah. yeah. But at least they don't yell Freebird. <laughs> That's, that is such a faux pas. And the people that do that, that think it's funny. I know. Aren't. No, they're not. No, no, no. I mean, there's. I always laugh at them. The joke like, is funny, like two or three times removed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you a free bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, you want to do you can give them the free bird. And then they're like, what are you doing? It's like, well, you asked for it. No, I would never do that. Oh, I just, man. I just think about it. I think about it, and kind of. I, I knew there, there was a, a kind of a, a, an art man. I can't remember her first name, but his name was Potilus. Something. God, I can't remember. Anyway, they were they were goofy. They played popas and they played all kinds of crazy oh, stuff yeah. and they had crazy costumes. But they included Freebird in their set. Oh, that's awesome. As a joke. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. <laughs> that's you know that's the way to do it. I was yeah. is it uh, is it Shervona? Was it Shervona? No, no, okay. no. I could see I, them doing I, something know, like that. Just, just, the name is just blocked. But anyway, they were they were big around here for a, a little a little while. You know, they moved to Vegas or something. Oh, the big time. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, have, how often do you go back and listen to to to, to the recordings? Of, of the new album, I mean, is, is this something that that's like a? Is it? It's not. You know, I'm sure it's not obsessive. Oh no. Oh, maybe it is. I'm sorry. No, you know. <laughs> well, you never know. It's you funny. Know. Once I'm done, I, no, I no, mean, I mean we, the we, new we, one. The new one. Oh, that's not out yet. Oh, I don't listen to it very much mm -hmm. uh, right now. Like sometimes your ears need a break. Yeah. yeah. You need to just kind of. Yeah. Leave it alone. Like you write a lot, you know, you know how that is. You write a piece. Well, you're on deadline all the time, so maybe you right. don't have the benefit of doing that. But if you write something, put it away and then well, you take it, it back out. Yeah, it's okay because I'm old and I can't remember anything, so it's easy. <laughs> uh. Put it down on paper. <laughs> so, do you have notes? Oh yeah. Do you? Sure. Well, like for what would what would some of your notes be on some of these songs? To, to do what? To uh, we'll go listen to it. Okay, I want a little bit more of this kind of guitar in it, mm -hmm. or 
I want, really want the intro to be more powerful. Mm -hmm. Like we say, so, you know, sometimes a song will start with just a guitar. Yeah. It's like you go and you listen to it after everything's produced, and it's like, wow, you know, we really should start that with kind of everything and then yeah. dial it back and, and just yeah. things like that, dynamics and things mm -hmm. like that. Once you get it all, it's, it, it's like, it's, it is truly like writing an article or something like that. Once you get it all put together, then you have a chance to listen to it and and be me, be more creative about dynamics and what instruments go where and when you're going to do it. And you could really, you could really uh, spend a lot of time doing that. Mm -hmm. Do you ever go back um, and and revisit songs that you haven't recorded and sort of um, uh, uh, surprise yourself because like liking them after after you rediscover them? You ever do that? Oh yeah, I do. It's a because, great feeling because you know what what uh, what I think most people who like to write songs do these days is you you take out your iPhone and you record it right then and there. Yeah, yeah. And it's so cool because you can, mm -hmm. or whatever your handheld phone is, you can just record it right there and jot down your, some of the things that you, that you, mm -hmm. you think might become a song. And then what I do is I, then I have my own recording equipment. I'm not very good at recording. I'm going to mm -hmm. need to hire somebody to do that because yeah. I can mess up a recording like nobody's business, but I can at least get, a pre-production mm -hmm. together and uh, I like going back and listening to those even though if, if I end up not taking it to the next step yeah. and putting it on yeah. a CD yeah. it's really fun to go back and listen to those yeah and then rethink okay well do I want to put that on this yeah it also it? also it makes you think about where you were in time oh yeah 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 definitely yeah. Uh, and it's nice when you can when you, you discover something that you'd forgotten mm -hmm. and you sort of entertain yourself. <laughs> right. You know, I did read, I'm just this big Lucinda Williams fan, but I did read that she, she keeps every line. Really? Oh yeah. She keeps every line. She said, just, just as a songwriter tip, don't ever throw anything that you write down away. Keep uh, it. Cause you may pull it into another song. Yeah. Now do you keep these on the computer or do you yeah. have, okay. Cause some people actually have notebooks. Yeah, I I've yeah. never been a big notebook person, and uh -huh. it, it's also that's also really interesting. Somebody asked me the other day, well, how do you write a song? And do you start with the lyrics first? Do yeah. you start with the melody first, or do you start with the music first? Mm -hmm. And really, you can. You, I've started all all three ways. Like yeah. it just for different songs, it depends on what what's kind of. How about the song you, you you sang today? What was? Uh, that was a line. The line, uh, can't die from a broken heart. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we were, uh, well, I won't, I won't, I, I will not, I will, I will leave names and, and okay. situations out of it. But I was talking with some friends about yeah. a, uh, a certain guy that dumped me, <clears throat> dumped me pretty hard. Bastard. Yeah, I was down on the floor Bastard. for a long time. <laughs> And it's been years, Son but it's bitch. still slightly, yeah, bastard. Yeah. It's still <laughs> slightly, <on. laughs> still slightly, you know, I don't even like to say, it's like, 
Oh, the yeah. the person who shall remain nameless, the subject that shall never be brought up, was brought up, and oh, and I was like, oh God, yeah. you know, it's been this many years. Yeah. Why are you bringing it up? And then I'm like, God, you can't die from a broken heart. And then I and then uh, because I'm still here, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then um, and that's so where the line came from. Uh-huh. And then I started thinking about one of my good friends who uh, his girlfriend broke up with him, and he. You know, he shaved his head, and then another person, you know, just just broke up with somebody, and then just up and moved to the other side of the country, like <laughs> like like yeah, it was it was fast, and just it was just funny. Just I started like just cat, you know, kind of cataloging all the different things yeah, that yeah. you know either I've done or I've observed. Yeah, I've observed people do, and that's where that song came from. And I wanted it to be kind of funny, so I mean, it's. It's it's got a little country, you know. It's a country. Yeah. It's yeah. a sad line, but it's kind of got right. a little humor in it. And Especially with the banjo. Oh, I know, I know, yeah. I know. And so that's where that song came from. Ah. And, so uh, do you have one of these um, on on the on the record? Yeah, I mean, that one is recorded. Ah. That one is recorded. Oh, and uh, Paul Brainerd actually did uh, um, uh, pedal steel for it. And I mean, Paul it's, Brainerd's a monster. He is a monster. I've heard him play Thelonious. I've heard him play Thelonious Monk. He, oh. played, with, he played with David Vest one time, and they play, and they played a Monk tune. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what was neat was, and I, I I don't know if this was good or bad, but okay. So I I wrote the song initially, mm-hmm. and then my um, guitarist Jeff Cook that I work with a lot, uh, he he came in and he was really excited about the song and he's like, well, we got to change some of the chords just to make it a little, you know, just to, to just spice it, make it a little more intricate. Cause it's actually, it's a, it sounds like a simple song, but it's actually not a simple song to play cause it's got some weird changes in it and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I absorbed what he suggested. Uh, and then I took it over to Rob Stroop, and then Rob Stroop had the same reaction. He was like, "Oh, we got to tinker with this. Let's add this. Let's do this. Let's do this." And so it got revamped. And so by the time it got to Paul, who just kind of walks in, yeah. uh, you know, he's so good he can just walk in and pretty much play. I mean, he just listened to it a few times. He's like, "Stop everything." He's like, "I need to chart this out for a second because what is going on with this? I mean, this song is." you know, not, is not as simple as it sounds. So that was fun. And I don't know if that was good or bad, but, but that's why it's harder because I, because Rob and, and uh, Jeff, I mean, I thought I made it kind of, you know, I thought I had made it. I like to make my songs. I don't like to do just three chord songs. Yeah. Um, and I like to have bridges and things like that in my mm-hmm. songs. But, uh, after it got, uh, edited by Rob and, yeah. and, and Jeff, it was really, we call it the, the surprising, not so simple, simple country tune. Wow. It, does, does it take time to build that kind of trust or can that happen quickly? Like with, with I think Rob it, I think it takes time. Yeah. You know, you want, yeah. you have to work with people that care about what you're doing and, mm-hmm. um, where you have a good good relationship you know mm-hmm. and, and and somebody that you you trust yeah. you know you have to have that because it's personal you're really yeah. at writing a song is really personal yeah. uh and you know because it's art and people can tell you you can play it people can say oh 
that sucks or, yeah. you know, that's not, I mean, you know, yeah. you can get rejected pretty heavily. Right. So, uh, yeah, you d definitely have to, have to trust who you're working with. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. So, um, who, uh, who plays on this, on this album? Um, well, the core people that I've been, uh, working with, um, uh, Tony Howard played drums. Mm -hmm. uh, Jeff Cook played uh, the guitar. Um, uh, Sean Nolan played. Mm -hmm. Todd Bale. Sean Nolan mm -hmm. is bass. Mm -hmm. Feng Shui plays over at the Laurel Thurs. Just the crazy bass player. Yeah. He's so good. It's it's not even. I mean, it's crazy. I don't even touch the bass when I'm around him because really? he's just such a masterful bass wow. player. Uh, he's wonderful though. He's really wonderful. And then uh, Todd Bales uh -huh. plays some mandolin and some accordion and uh -huh. just kind of supplements. But we had for a while when we were putting this uh, little EP together, for a while Jeff and Todd Bales and I had like a nice little trio going where, where he would play accordion or, or cello. Um, I think Skip Monkusky came in and played uh -huh. some cello. Todd wasn't wasn't available for that piece. Uh um, and then Paul Brainerd, who am I missing? Oh, I, gosh, I've got a That's tuba. Okay. I've got a tuba player. Tuba. I, I have all kinds of crazy, nice. interesting instruments. To take the bass part. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Traditional. Traditional. Yeah. And and that song uh, is interesting too because it's one where I just I wanted to see what Rob would do as a producer and just give him my song, which was also really hard to wow. do. Wow. Uh, so he produced that one. Jeez. And, what was uh, that like for you? That was, was that scary. No, because I trust Rob. Rob's yeah. got incredible yeah. talent and mm -hmm. chops, and is a very good pr uh, producer. And and I just wanted this. It was a test, you know. Let's see what that feels like. So and it was. Its song turned out great. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Fun to listen to. Well, I think a lot of people don't. Don't real. I don't know if I don't know if everybody in your day job knows that you're a singer. I know probably the people who, uh, in in your firm know that you are. Right. But perhaps the judge, judges and juries and opposing attorneys that you face don't know that you are in fact a, <laughs> a poet and a musician. Right. Well, you know, it's so funny because um, I think that's just Portland. Um, I don't consider myself any different, and I know other lawyers who are musicians. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I was just talking to one the other day. His name is Nicholas Call, and he uh, he actually used to be a state legislator. Mm -hmm. And uh, but he majored in in uh, in jazz music and is an upright bass player, and did that for years. Mm -hmm. And then finally just went to law school, and he still plays out too. So it's like, wow. Well, I mean, he's got. Yeah. He's he has the refinement, you know. I yeah. I didn't. I've been playing since I was twelve, but I'm not classically trained and mm -hmm. and uh, doing that stuff like that. And then I know another guy who is actually a poet. Mm -hmm. He's works. He's a lawyer, and he publishes his poems, and it's all over the website. If you type in his name, law stuff doesn't pop up. Poetry mm -hmm. pops up. <laughs> so I kind of just think that's. I think that's Portland. I mean, I was walking, I had these two little dogs. I told him I would go walk my yeah. dogs every day. And, yeah. um, well, 
I have one neighbor uh, just to the south of me. He is an incredible concert pianist. He is so good. I mean, he is genius level good. Yeah. He takes 37 page concertos and memorizes them and mm-hmm. plays them, but he doesn't play out professionally. Really? He just Wow. He just plays and then I walk a little bit farther with my little doggies and I can see my next neighbor has an upright bass in the basement mm-hmm. of his house. I'm sorry mm-hmm. I'm looking in his windows, but you know, <laughs> sometimes you're bored. You're walking the dog at night waiting for them to do their things. Uh uh, and and I just started thinking, you know, this this town is just uh-huh. full of musicians and artists, and we all have to make our living. It's, you know, some people are able to just do art every day, all all day long. Um, you know, but you, a lot a lot of people have day jobs because you starve otherwise. I mean, it's just really hard right. to it's really hard yeah. to make it as a musician and do yeah. nothing else to supplement your income. Did you take music lessons when you were 12? I did. I started uh, when I was a little, I mean, my, my mom had us, I have two brothers, and, and we were all trying music. She didn't have that growing up, and she really wanted us to have that. And my dad, my dad did have exposure to music, um, but my mother really wanted us to have that experience because she didn't. And uh, so we started with piano. Mm-hmm. And then as we got older, she said, well, if you don't want piano, I mean, we had to have one discipline. Yeah. She said, if you don't want piano, that's fine, but you have to figure out another instrument. Wow. And um, I cycled through piano. I wish I would stuck with piano, but I cycled through violin. I didn't like that so much. And flute, that was okay. I didn't like that so much. Nobody but then I, flute. Yeah, no. You know, <laughs> it's good. Flute. Nobody likes flutes. I'm Ron sorry. Burgundy. I, yes, that's 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 about it. I'm sorry, flute players. But I know no, Jen really. Bernard plays flute. Yeah. she might she might take take okay. you to task, but but. Uh, but she's Jan Bernard. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think the piccolo is more. You know, the piccolo is kind of cool. You know. <laughs> yes, it's like whistling. Yeah. You ever pretty... whistle in your songs? No, I'm not a good whistler. No. I, I can whistle. <laughs> My favorite whistler was Leon Redbone. Oh yeah. Leon Redbone's an incredible whistler. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, ultimately, I started. MTV was born, I think, uh, <laughs> and I started seeing all these electric guitars, and I was like, uh, "That's what I want to learn to play." Did you sing along with the with, with with the with the music videos. Oh yeah, totally. With the hairbrush. With the oh, hairbrush. Yeah, you bet. Oh yeah. You bet. But I yeah. really wanted to learn to play guitar, and they were like, "If that's what you want to learn to play, then by George, you're gonna learn to play." <laughs> and they went and they bought me a little, uh, a little amp, uh, PV amp. Uh-huh. And uh, a, a guitar made by K, which is like about as low end as it's you like can get. Sears, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. but I loved it, and I just boy, it kept me out of trouble. And I just I never I never put it down. What kind of trouble would you have gotten in? Oh, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know. I, I probably could have gotten. The reason I can't imagine you getting in trouble. Yeah, well, that's because I was playing guitar. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Um, uh, but they they must have guided you in a in a in a in a, in a, in a different direction for your uh, uh, 
professional, didn't they? Did they? My parents? Yeah. Um, well, they they really believe in well-roundedness, but the yeah. education is yeah. also really important. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was, I mean, my mom was kind of the driver. I mean, my dad too. Yeah. But my mom didn't have um, a lot of opportunity. Every every opportunity mm -hmm. she had, she had to scrap for. Yeah. And uh, and part of that was because she was a woman. Um, yeah. You know the I think even though she was a straight A student and stuff, I think yeah. when she graduated, her got got. Rest in peace, my grandfather, but he told her that it was time for her to get married. As she was <laughs> done with high school, she wanted to go to college, and he said, no, you Jeez. don't go to college, you get married. Oh, man. And uh, she <laughs> said, you know, no, I'm going to do what I want, and yeah. she she put herself through college uh, and, um, you know, worked, started working for AT&T as a phone operator and we're working her way up through the company, and she didn't actually finish until she met my dad because it was just such a struggle to do both but yeah. uh education was just really important to mm -hmm. to uh to my parents and they they really steered us to to study what, what drew you to law um <laughs> i like to argue <laughs> um, no i just you know, I, I think the law is... That was number one. That's number one. On yeah, yeah. Could be. Could be. I studied history in college mm -hmm. and a lot of um, a lot about the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really got impassioned about the law, mm -hmm. is studying that area of history and the impact that lawyers had yeah. uh, at that point in time. Um, and that's why I decided to become a lawyer. Uh, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, am I doing civil rights work? Nah, I've done some. Yeah. It's like, that's the thing too. Like, it's really hard to make your living being a civil rights lawyer. <laughs> Was there one civil rights lawyer that inspired you? One in particular? Like a Thurgood Marshall or somebody like that? Oh, gosh. Yeah. All those, all the, yeah. you know, Chief Justice Warren and uh -huh. Brennan. I mean, those yeah. those uh, Supreme Court opinions. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking about that today. I don't I don't know why my brain goes where it goes, but I was just <laughs> thinking about uh, Roe versus Wade. Oh boy! And uh, I know that's a that's a totally loaded topic. Uh, and how, uh, and, I mean, and how that can how easily that can go away? Well, yeah, and, yeah. and how. Today's Supreme Court is trying to d dismantle that, and um, it's just an it's just an interesting uh, thing to think about the the impact that that uh, mm -hmm. those Supreme Court decisions can have. So I love that kind of stuff. I love the history of the law too, and, mm -hmm. and uh, studying those cases and and that kind of stuff. It's, it's good good stuff. It's, mm. it's interesting. And you'd like to be on the Supreme Court? No. <laughs> really? No. The the United States Supreme Court? Yeah. Okay, I wouldn't turn that gig down. <laughs> and I, I don't think I would turn down uh, the Oregon Supreme Court, but I don't have any, never had any 
desire or passion to to um, to be a judge. Well, I won't take that. I mean, sometimes when you're arguing and you're getting beat down by the judge, you're yeah. like, I can do your job better, and you think that. But but <laughs> you know, their jobs are really their jobs are really hard. And um, although I like the academic part of well, trial judge, yeah. very difficult job, very yeah. difficult, yeah. especially state court. Uh, they don't have enough of a budget, and they're just inundated with stuff, and it's really a tough job. And I don't know how those judges actually do their job because uh, I don't know that I could actually do their job. Mm -hmm. They just don't have the resources. Uh, it gets a little better at the appellate level. Mm -hmm. um, for the state and but it but it's you know when you're at the trial level you're dealing you're interfacing with people and people are trying to make the record and yeah. get everything yeah. together and it's just the volume is just enormous by the time it comes to you on appeal mm -hmm. you got a box a couple wow. boxes of everything that's key wow and uh, you can just sit and read it and focus on that one case and those those judges they get to focus and they they really focus. I mean, they get into kind of the esoterical yeah. uh, realm of thinking about things. Mm -hmm. I don't think I, I think I'm too, uh, at least at this stage in my life, I'm too hyperactive to do that. Uh, I started out in appeals when I first came here. I worked for the Oregon Department of Justice. And, mm -hmm. I, and that was really hard to be a 26-year-old and and sit in a room all day and just like read and write and read and write and read and write and read and write. And write. Wow. I wanted to, you know, yeah. run around and yeah, yeah. say objection and <laughs> stuff like what, that. Which is what you get to do now. That's what I do now. Yes. Okay. Um, now I remember um, we we did an interview um, a couple few years ago when you had an album that you had an album out that actually where your 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 two lives intersected. Yeah. Talk, talk about that a little bit. Because that was a that was that's a fascinating story. Yeah, and you helped me kind of crystallize it for just articulating it. Mm -hmm. What it what that CD is about. The CD is not entirely about that album, yeah. but several several. It's about that CD has a theme of it's called Alive, mm -hmm. and it has a, a theme of perseverance. And I think that I was inspired by stories of perseverance because of this case that I had mm -hmm. in my life. Um, where we were representing a mother and son uh, who had been kidnapped and uh, abused by an escaped convict from the Oregon, one of the Oregon State Correctional Facilities. I think it was Oregon State Correctional mm -hmm. Institution down in Salem. Yeah. And it happened on Christmas Day. Ugh. And... Uh, well, Christmas Eve into Christmas Day, uh, and and um, it should never have happened. Uh, you know, short staffing due to the holidays at the correctional facility. Jeez. People not paying it. People thinking about the stress of yeah Christmas presents and you know yeah. other things going on during the holidays. And uh, this guy had some inmates stack milk. Stack, he sat on a pallet, and other inmates stacked empty milk crates around him, and then they saran-wrapped it. And uh, so he was hiding inside, 
and then it got loaded onto a truck and you know you're supposed to take this long metal rod and yeah. poke in there and make sure there's nobody in there yeah. I guess that didn't happen huh. uh, and this guy got out and he was a he was a bad guy he was a bad guy yeah. just horrible and uh, he made his way up to north of Lancaster Mall where my uh, client and her son had just moved they had just moved in the apartment um, which was supposed to be have security told they were told it had security and uh, it didn't have that it didn't even have good lighting hmm. and this guy waited till dark and then you know saw saw the mother in the uh, laundry standard loan laundry facility and just got her just went in and Mm-hmm. got her and then her son came to check on her and he just uh forced them both to go back to the apartment uh so there was a lawsuit born out of that and uh the lawsuit we we sued the state and we sued um the apartment mm-hmm. complex cuz there were some details like the people that were supposed to be conducting the security actually drove by oh, and geez. saw Mom in there with this guy that had OCI, OSCI garb on, and uh, I think they testified they wanted to go watch TV, or they were yeah. trying to get back to watch TV or something like that, so they didn't pick up, pick up on it. And so the lawsuit was twofold. One, it had to do with the negligence of the state, but yeah. it also had to do with the duty of landlords to, to mm-hmm. provide a a threshold level of security, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it's promised. And uh, the we settled with the state. Them I mean, and they 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 were great to work with. Um, but uh, we couldn't get the settlement with the landlords. And um, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. Judge didn't like our case. Didn't threw it out on a pretrial motion. Jeez. We had to appeal. We we knew we were right. I mean, we were yeah. like, "What? What are you doing? We get to at least have a trial." Right. And she just didn't like our case for whatever reason. Um. And just and just threw it out, and and, and it was frustrating. It was very frustrating. We took it up on appeal. We got it reversed. Uh-huh. It took six years just to get it to trial. Wow. Uh, and a lot of money that didn't need to be yeah. spent, but yeah. we were doing it, we did it pro bono, yeah. uh, which means we didn't charge, the clients paid for cost, but they didn't pay for attorney's fees. Uh, but anyway, we finally got to try our case, but it was just crazy because by the time we tried it, our client had cancer, terminal mm-hmm. cancer. She was very sick when we tried the case. Um, and, uh, um, her son had struggled for years yeah. uh, because of what happened. I mean, it was really bad, violent things happened. I won't go into the details, but yeah. it was it was a tough it was tough, and it was it was. Uh, and then the and the real the real kicker is ultimately we lost. Um, uh, we had another appealable issue, which was actually a pretty good appealable yeah. issue. Uh-huh. But our client was tired; she yeah. didn't want to go forward yeah. with that. Mm. So we. We ended up settling, um, uh, 
but it was it was a it was a tough case. But I it was I'm so glad I had it. I'm so glad I did it. And, Why? Uh, because um, sometimes you do sometimes you do have to take those those cases. I mean, I have other cases where my clients are businesses and I get paid, and mm -hmm. uh, they're not they're not about a citizen's right yeah. um, but every now and then you get you have some cases that come along that are about that and you need to take the time to handle them and, and help so was this her perseverance or yours both both yeah it really okay. I, you know um, it was a good lesson for me to learn how how uh, slowly the wheels de mm -hmm. t they really do turn yeah. incredibly slowly and uh, uh, cases can get tied up for years mm -hmm. uh, years decades yeah and and so it's, it's it was it was that w that inspired that CD and some of the so things you, I wrote so you turned to your art to do what for yourself it was catharsis okay it it totally was catharsis, but um, it, the funny thing is, is I was playing a lot. I was playing out a lot yeah. more then than I do um, I do today. I haven't been playing out as much. I still play out, but um, yeah, it's it's just uh, songwriting is a is a catharsis for me. Mm -hmm. Was it was it was it also in some way a tribute to the victims? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they inspired me, yeah. uh, and the experience inspired me to write some songs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it, yeah, they were they are good good people yeah. that you know just had uh, some tough turns uh, in uh, life, uh. you know, and that happens. You know? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It happens. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Wow. Uh, so yeah, heavy. That's my heaviest album. Yeah. Um, it's a good album though. I like that CD. Um, it's got a lot of good stuff on it. Not every song is 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 uh, written in a minor key. Yeah. My my um my guitarist always laughs. He's like, oh, we're into the minor key phase because because there are a lot of a yeah. lot of uh, yeah. songs on that uh, on that uh, album have have minor key, which is a sadder key. It doesn't yeah. make you it makes you emote. And then you turned around and made a happier album. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, I decided that the next one would be Yeah. would be brighter. So what's this one? It's still it's still on the bright side. Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't know it from that song I just wrote, but <laughs> but you know, I'm laughing. Yeah. I'm scoffing. Yeah. I'm scoffing at yeah. at that man who made such a terrible decision. As well as there's several ways to handle that and <laughs> scoffing is one of them. I laugh, I laugh in your face, you know, but um, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's brighter. I, I really, um, the other songs on the CD, um, writing a lot, a lot about the environment, summertime, really? and just, I use a lot of imagery that uh -huh. we get in the summer. I love the summer here. Yeah. It's such a bit, don't you? It's the best. Well, yeah. I live. I live for those ninety-degree days. Oh yeah, I know. Well, there's they're few and far between. But I, I live for them. You love them. I live. You love for them, them that much, really? Yes. yes. Why that? Why do you like because that? Because I grew up on the East Coast. Okay, but that's all right. 
Um, I don't. I like the about and, 85, and no humidity. And and you know, and and I'm an Italian Leo. I'm an, an Italian Cancer. Well. Um, and I don't <laughs> I don't miss that that uh, I, I, I don't miss that um, sticky humidity from. I kind of miss it. Do you? Well, I go back. I go back and visit my family a lot. But the one one thing that I do miss are fireflies. Oh yes. And so I put that into one of my songs, even though it has nothing to do with Oregon's environment. I I did put that in my pinwheels and daffodils because uh, fireflies, uh, fireflies are cool. Because we all caught them and put them in jars. I know. Yeah. I know. A little and living lantern. I they're awesome. Yeah. They're so cool. <laughs> God, didn't you spend hours just running around yeah. catching fireflies? That yeah, was just yeah. 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 Uh, where we lived, we called there we called them lightning bugs. Yeah, lightning bugs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Fireflies or lightning, lightning bugs. bugs. Right. And uh, you know, <laughs> the best things in life are free. I mean, my yeah. my parents must have been so excited that you know the three kids are running around in the backyard just trying to catch fireflies, <laughs> and they don't have to do anything. They just let them run around and catch fireflies. I don't have to spend any money. I don't have to feed them. All you got to do is give them a ball jar, which are made in Indiana, by the way. Very good. So they come cheap. And then, and then uh, Is that where know. Ball State comes from? Yes, sir. Is that right? That's right. I never put that together ball. in my entire life. Yep. I've never the put those, those two facts together. Seriously. How about that? Why, you learn something new every day. Well, you know, I was over at Irving Street Kitchen. Yeah? I've never been in there before, but mm -hmm. I met a friend last weekend, and uh, they serve, if you order a glass of wine, they bring it to you in a ball jar. Really? And then they pour it into the into <laughs> the, uh, into the the glass, and I just thought that was so funny. I was like, yeah, that's funny. This, is, <laughs> this is supposed to be, you know. I don't know. This is supposed to be, you know, trendy and funny, but I'm from Indiana. You yeah. know, I'm a hick from Indiana. <laughs> and, you know, usually we put the moonshine in the ball jar, not a glass of Chardonnay, you know. So I just thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> it is funny. So when are we going to see this album, do you think? Spring. Spring. It's coming. It's coming. You know, that's tomorrow. I know. Virtually. It's know, it's right on the it cusp. Really is. It it's really right is. on that's why this, this yeah. interview is timely. Very good. Very good. Well uh, and you certainly will be able to read about it on Oregon Music News when it comes out. No oh, doubt. that's awesome. Yes. That would be great. I would love that. Let's get Anna to write about it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um well geez, uh thank you so much. This has been terrific. Oh, you're welcome and thank you yeah. for having me. Yeah, I always yeah. love and Do you want to do one more? Before we go, um, or just play us out, just a, sure anything. I'll play you out. Alrighty, thank play you, you out. So play much. something in G. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs>